You were created for more, and this show is meant to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to help you live on purpose. This is the podcast that keeps it real and highlights amazing business owners and impact makers so that you get your fire ignited and take your greatness out into the world. If you've got big dreams and know you were created for more, this is the place to be, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Created For More podcast. I don't know about you, but pizza is one of my favorite foods. And I know that there are some controversial conversations happening out there with what toppings are allowed or not allowed on pizza. And I got a fun email from Elise Dharma, who is my guest today. So we talk about the the topping situation um, on this episode that I thought was just real fun. And it leads directly into our businesses and our social media platforms and just how we run things based on what works for us, what we like. So Elise Dharma is a marketing coach who specializes in helping not so insta-famous business people make real revenue directly from social media in a way that is bearable and efficient. She's helped over 30,000 people truly grow their businesses, sell more programs, and build money-making brands. Elise probably doesn't need that much of an intro. She's amazing, and she's definitely grown her business and brand to, to heights that we all are looking forward to having ourselves, but she's also the sweetest and most down-to-earth woman. I'm so excited that I got to interview her on the show today. And I hope that you love it as much as I do. Let's tune in. Hey, Elise, welcome. Welcome to the Created for More podcast. Thanks, Lisa. I'm excited to dive into things with you today. I am too. And I have to start with a quick funny story because I got the email that you sent out yesterday about the pineapple on the pizza situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. The fact that I love pineapple on pizza. (laughs) That's so funny. I actually like it too. I'm not a hater for toppings on pizza. That's, but it was just funny that it came through because it is like, we all are so different. And sometimes those things that are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you like this or don't like that. And I thought that was funny, but, um, I, I, I thought everyone liked Hawaiian pizza, but I guess I'm in the minority. I live in Spain, specifically Barcelona, and you cannot find like a ham and pineapple pizza. Really? Every time I mention it, my friends are like, Oh, what? You like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like salty and sweet together, but apparently I'm in the minority. So my uh, team member discovered that about me this week. And she's like, we have to write an email about it. And we had fun telling that story and then making a segue over to how you can use your Instagram um, and pick and choose what works for you. So I'm glad you got that and enjoyed it. I did. And I do love that the transition into what you were teaching too, because I think that's such an important thing. You know, we can dive right into that part of our combo is the feeling like you have to do it all, whether it's all the social media platforms, all the things in business. And I don't know, I'm, I'm more of a fan of finding what really works for you, what lights you up, where you actually show up. And you talk about that. Is this the same as like the seasons of business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seasons of business is how to know what to work on 
mm-hmm. right now with your social media, with your, your, your content efforts based on the season of business, based on what your business needs the most right now. So I, I categorize seasons of business being one, you need a season of visibility, AKA followers growth. You need people to know about you. You need an audience There's there's a second season of engagement. You need to know like, why are people following you? What do they want to learn from you? And this is really important to go through when you're in that first year or two of your business, because it is a lot about market data. And that's what a season of engagement is. And then the next season is a season of lead generation. So you need not just followers, but you need people who are going to raise their hand and say, I'm interested in what you're offering. Like I'll give you my email or I'll jump on a call with you. And then the last season is a season of sales. So that's when you are as a business going to make the offer. You're going to put your offer out there. And again, especially in that first year or two, it's probably the most scary time to put an offer out there that people are going to pay for, but you need to, otherwise, you know, your business won't be profitable. And then you're, you're not going to make that livelihood for yourself. So I am a big fan of like creating a concept like the seasons method as a structure for me to follow Mm -hmm. so that if I'm getting overwhelmed with all the features, if I'm getting burnt out, trying to be on all the channels, trying to do all the things I can kind of come back to, okay, no, how do I refocus? How do I choose what's going to make the most impact in my business right now? So sometimes it's the seasons method and sometimes it's just a matter of being strategic. Again, if you're in that first year or two of business, you, I don't think it's uh, probably a best use of your time to be on all the platforms doing all the things because that's how you experience burnout. I know what really has worked for me is a knowing who I'm going to help and how and crafting my offers based on my experience, my expertise, whatever it might be. And then B, growing my audience. And so I like to choose two platforms, especially in those early days for growth. One being a search-based platform. So one where I'm going to be found organically for free through search. So that could be Google. If you're a blogger, it could be YouTube. If you're someone who's into video, it could be Pinterest. If you have those blogs and those graphics, And then the second platform I would choose is one for relationships, because that's where you're going to have those engaging, you know, lead generation sales closing moments. They're going to happen on a tool like Instagram, where you can build those relationships. Um, There's other tools that you can use for relationship building, but I just think Instagram is the best. And that's the one I would choose if, if I were to get started today. You're speaking my language. I agree. I I call them the main, the support. And then I include the email list as like your cornerstone where you really get to Mm -hmm. go behind the scenes and tell pineapple pizza stories. (laughs) That's right. Um, But yeah, totally. And when you do too much in anything, um, we are going to get burnt out. And also we don't make as much of an impact because there's there's too many options. There's too many places to look. And I feel like when you grow and really cultivate a community in one place or, you know, like using the two or three platform where they're really feeding into each other, but you really grow it and cultivate a community that's engaged and excited to see your stuff, they're more likely to follow you to the other platforms when you do decide to grow somewhere else. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's simple effective, get out there and really hone in on your messaging and your offers and then grow it and scale up. Exactly. I I did the opposite when I started. I grew an audience 
And I didn't know what I was going to sell or offer because I w- it was 2016. I wanted to look like an Instagram influencer. So I grew like 30,000 followers over a summer, but I, I didn't, I didn't do what I should have done, which was have those conversations, understand yeah. who was following me and why collect email addresses. I was just going for vanity metrics. And then in a backwards sort of way, I figured out what to offer, what to sell to my audience. So it can still work, but I think that the faster way to do it more, more effectively today is to um, build your audience while you have an offer to sell. Like don't wait one for the other. You can do both simultaneously. Oh, such good advice. I, I agree. Like I'd rather have the profitability than the popularity but if uh-huh. that's the goal, like, you know, no biggie, just know what your focus is so that you are finding that, that success path. And yeah, the profitability totally. is a little bit more fun. <laughs> yes. And necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so another fun thing that I was um, like jumping in on the comments on your Instagram was when you were asking about like help mama. So you're a mama to be and getting ready to Mm -hmm. go on maternity leave and setting things up. But you were asking like, what do I actually need for the baby? Like what Mm -hmm. are some must have things? And I chimed in because I have a 16 year old, almost 17, a 15 year old and an eight year old. And it's like, there's so many new things now. It almost feels like that same overwhelming concept of Instagram and all the opportunities you have there. Um, and you know, you really only need a couple of good strategic pieces in place and <laughs> you'll be good to go. I so love it. You're making the same analogy it? that I used with my pizza. You, yes, exactly. You got it. Exactly. Are you yeah. so excited about becoming a mama? I am. And it's been a really interesting personal experience to go on because I was mm-hmm. never someone who was like, I'm, this is my path in life. I'm going to be a mom. You know, I waited till I was 35 um, until we got pregnant and I'll be 36 when I have this baby. So I know I lived a full life in my twenties and my thirties. And it's been interesting, the shift in me emotionally to Mm -hmm. get ready for, you know, making someone else number one, I'm no longer number one who's had tons of freedom to do their thing. And it's such a beautiful thing. Just what happens biologically. I've been so impressed. Like, you know, to be honest, before I got pregnant and people would describe their excitement of the baby coming and meeting the baby, I truly didn't understand it. I was like, but why? Like you're, you're literally changing your entire life. You're going to lose all your freedom. I don't get why you're excited. And, um, yeah, my hormones have kicked in to help me like connect with the baby who's in my belly already. And I can feel the excitement and, um, we definitely have some work to do to, to get the place ready for the baby. Hence my post where I crowdsource yep. opinions. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. It's going to be a massive life change, not only in welcoming a new human who I'll be taking care of, but like I've been running this business for 10 years, probably my first child. It's been my first baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm now planning to take time away from it. And there's a lot of prep and unknown and not necessarily fear, but like you can only prepare as much as you're going to prepare and then hope for the best. I feel like it's the same thing preparing for a newborn. So it's a bit of a double whammy situation right now, but I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. I always tell people uh, you're never going to be really ready for a baby. So if that's your path, just go for it and figure it out along the way. (laughs) And almost like that. I mean, yeah, you have some plans and ideas, but it's like the business too, right? You really don't know until you put it out to market what's going to happen. 
And oh, you said something else about, oh, the baby thing. So when I had my second daughter, I had these fears of like, how am I going to love another baby as much as my first baby? And how am I going to bond and have these relationships with, you know, like I have, I, she was only a year and a half and all of these hormonal emotions were coming up. Do you feel that a little bit with your business? Like you're letting one baby get not pushed to the side, but it's like, there's going to be another love of your life coming into the picture. No, that's a really good question. I guess in a way I do feel that like I'm, Mm. I'm preparing for my business to run without me. And I have an amazing team who's going to take it over. But I'm also preparing for anything could happen once the baby arrives, meaning the business might not be um, of the same priority, especially when I get back to work or maybe my interest changes in in what I want to offer, how I want to run my business. So I'm I'm really trying to let go of expectation of what that's going to look like because, you know, becoming a mom and taking care of a newborn, it might really fundamentally change things for me. Um, and it might not, but I'm just open to either, either option. And so, yeah, like I'm trying not to have expectation around it. Um, and I'm also trying to prepare it to flourish and go off on its own, AKA my business, at least for a couple months. I know as a personal brand, it's hard to step away entirely. I know I'll need to come back and start you know, connecting with my audience, filming content, creating, doing the things that only I can do. But I I jokingly tell my team that, you know, when I come back, I might not have a job anymore. And that's not a bad thing. Like, no, (laughs) yeah, maybe, maybe they figure out how to do all the things that I don't have to do without me. And all I have to do is literally the things where I have to show up or I have to be the educator or, you know, the strategist, whatever my role is. So I'm, I'm curious how things are going to evolve um, with some moms. I've seen them step away from their business entirely mm-hmm. after they become a mom and others, they've come back with renewed energy and they, yeah. and they, they have a renewed focus. So I'm open, curious, and excited to see what's going to happen with that. I love it. I, I, I had, I've been in like this online industry for 20 years. So I had my babies with all of the growth and the changes of the industry of my work, my business. And I don't know, for me, it's like, it's almost like a watch me do this and like, let my babies watch me do this too, because Mm. I feel like it shows them so much, but it gets to be your way, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have had seasons where I'm working way too much and I'm forgetting that they're the reason that I wanted to have such a flexible business and you know, career almost that I could be there for everything for them. Um, So I had to get myself in check and get more intentional again. So there's just this up and down. And then there's times where they're so busy that it's like, I could not do a regular job. And I'm so grateful for, for what I've created. And you're going to get to experience all of that too. And it's so exciting. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a full circle moment. You know, I started my business kind of for selfish reasons, right? Like I didn't want to be stuck in a day job. I wanted mm-hmm. more than two weeks vacation. I wanted lifestyle independence and I created that. And now, mm-hmm. you know, then over the more recent years, business became about financial independence. How do I make sure I'm saving enough yep. to set myself up for financial retirement and success down the road? And now, um, you know, I'm sure there's 
there's going to be a new shift of appreciation perhaps for my business where I see that it allows me maybe not the freedom to go take a plane to Bali in the same way, but there's still an element of freedom where I can be at home with my baby. You know, I don't have to go back to an office after, you know, six weeks off, which I know is the reality for so many women. And and it's heartbreaking, like to think that you, you can't have that time um, in those early, early months um, because it's, you have to go back to work and it's your life. Yeah. 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 So I agree. And that was so me. I always wanted to be a mom. So opposite of what you were saying, like, since I was a little girl, I just could not wait. And I didn't really wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was my path. Like, that's what I knew I was meant to do. And I have all three girls. So even in my business with the whole like women empowerment, you know, letting women really take and be in control of their life. And, and yes, you can still be that loving, giving, nurturing woman that we are naturally, that doesn't mean that you don't go for your own dreams and you don't make things happen for yourself. So it's just like a beautiful experience overall, I think. And again, like what letting them watch you do it is so powerful. We're raising a new generation and I'm praying that they take life and opportunities by the horn, as they say, right? That's the phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. Like always go for it. So I, um, I also am a big fan of, for me personally, like in the season of my life, taking vacations a lot. We love to travel, go on trips, but I don't like to take my laptop. I don't want to be working. And there there's times where I have, and you know, if we take a random trip, I might take my laptop to have, or like something small, but for the most part, I don't take it, but there's preparation that has to happen and a solid team and people that are supporting you. So what are some of the things or how are you getting yourself set up to take some time off for baby? Well, first of all, I love that you have the boundary in place to not take your laptop on vacation. That's huge. And that's something that I've done for years because I was a digital nomad and you never leave your business. You travel with it. But in Mm -hmm. my later years, I've really started to feel like I want a full break, a full vacation where mentally I can come back with a clear head and, and, you know, and it's, it's so funny. Like your brain never really turns off as a business owner. Take my journal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's like those shower moments, like you're on vacation and you have all these ideas or you're on the massage table and all these ideas, like it's just natural. So it is, is building in rest is, is, is the strategy. (laughs) It's a necessary part of being a business owner. So Kudos to you for doing that. Um, it's only something I've started to do recently where I've stopped um, taking my laptop with me. And that is truly because of my team. And that's a big part of how I'm preparing for mat leave and taking mm-hmm. a couple months off is I don't have a huge team, but I like to run a really tight, efficient team in an ideal world, right? Humans are humans. They're not robots. I can't control how, how they work. Um, but in an ideal world, you know, everyone would... know what they own in the business. And, and that's instead of having a hierarchy, like we're not a big company, you know, my core team currently is myself and three other people. I've got a marketing manager, a content manager, and then a marketing assistant and support person. So they do both roles right now. And then there's me. So we're, we're fairly tight, but we don't have an org chart in that you report to this person and it's more about we're all on the same level, but underneath our names, it's really organized by who owns what in the business. And there, 
Yeah. And it, it, it's not like there is some overlap. I'm not going to lie because we're a small business, a small team, and it's not going to be like a corporation where you have a 20 person marketing team and there's a graphic designer, then there's a copywriter, then there's the project manager, and then there's the video editor and everything is separate and clean. That's great in a corporate environment or if your business is doing, I don't know, probably five to $10 million a year in revenue. But for the average business owner, especially like a coach or a solopreneur, you know, that's not their reality. So, mm-hmm. so my first big hire was for someone, I think 25, 30 hours a week. And this was in 2019. That was the game changer for my business. I think mm-hmm. I was doing six figures at that time. So I was able to set aside the budget and make sure that I could bring someone in and make sure that they were doing the tasks that were just taking my time. And so that I I could focus on the higher revenue generating tasks. That was the whole key to hiring. So hiring is not cut and dry, not simple. You can't just follow a handbook because again, it's dealing with humans. And, um, but it's the key for me right now to taking time off. Um, we are, like I said, a tight team. We're the core team. There's a couple of agencies and contractors who are also involved, but when I'm off, my three team members are running things. I trust them explicitly over the last few months, we have been creating SOPs or standard operating procedures for literally everything. Um, my marketing manager has gone deep into creating SOPs because she really feels strongly like, okay, well, Elise is gone. Maybe I'm sick one day or if something happens, yeah. the other team members need to know how to do this. So we've been documenting like crazy. And I've even taken off at least two weeks in the last mm-hmm. three months, fully off because my mom was in town for one week. And then I was uh, in Mallorca with some family for another week. And I let the team run things and I was kind of mostly unavailable. And it was really good to see where the gaps were. My marketing manager was taking note of what was popping up and not, not messaging me or asking me in the moment, but figuring it out, taking note. And then when we came back together, we could figure out, oh, okay. So that's the gap or that's something that's lived in my brain. How do I transfer that and get it out so that you can do that thing while I'm off? So that's, that's been really important too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited that you're doing it this way. And, it, you know, there's going to be a lot of different uh, people listening that are in different places and it might not be such like a perfectly laid out plan for everybody in the moment, but take what you can and do what you can to make it anytime you want to get away. And little by little, I think it gets easier and easier. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's not something like that happens overnight, right? It takes time to build the team and create the culture and build out the, the SOPs and organize things like it takes time, but the journey of it all is actually fun and, and exciting and it's part of it all. So embrace it and know that it's possible to take time off without work, without having to be on for your business. And it feels counterintuitive, especially in the beginning. But I mean, I I don't know. I love it. And you're right. I come back so renewed and refreshed and it's like a new woman <laughs> every time. Yeah. So and I every time that. I do it, I think, why don't I do this more often? Or more why often. did I resist this? 
You know, I I know CEOs talk about like the idea of having white space in their day or CEO days, which are just that it's, Hey, I'm unavailable or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not taking any meetings or calls, or I'm going to sit in this chair for an hour and just think and see what happens. And, um, yeah, it's important that we give our brains that time versus just being in strategic tactical mode all the time. Right. Because you're the CEO, you're the visionary. It's also up to you to bring your head above the water and look at your industry and look at what people are saying. What's changing? What's what's evolving? Like we've seen AI come in with a vengeance in the last six months and it's going to affect a lot of people. So are you paying attention to that or are you still running things the way they've quote worked? And then a year from now you're, you're waking up shocked that it doesn't work anymore. So yeah, there's just (laughs) so many things that a CEO has to do that it's not going to make it into their calendar, but you have to have the time and energy to do those things. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So um, I know you also have a free gift for us. Um, I actually got it last week and I'm loving it. You have a, a reels calendar that we can follow to stay up to speed with all the trending stuff that's going on there. That's a fun yes. one. That's for anyone interested in short form video for business. So on video.co slash calendar, you can grab that there for sure. It'll also be in the show notes um, as well as, you know, all of your connections, like your website, your Instagram, of course, um, your TikTok, your YouTube, and these links. You also have a program, the On Video Membership. So that I'm guessing is going to take that short-term video and or short-form video into like the next level. Yeah, exactly. It's a membership specifically for business owners who find they're spending a lot of time scrolling for ideas or they Mm. don't know how to adapt the TikTok or the reel to their business. So what we do is, is every week we email and send our members a content drop and inside is five ideas that are already adapted for business. We kind of break down how a coach can use it, a service provider and a product brand, plus tons of examples. Plus there's a community group with a videos coach where you can answer and or ask oh. questions. Yeah. So we just wanted to make it like very simple so that business owners aren't scrolling for ideas. They're done for them. All they have to do is film. And I say that like, it's easy because I know it's hard (laughs) to pick up your camera and, and plan what you're going to say in film, but we, we create um, as many resources as we can. We host co-working sessions to help business owners get over that hump and just try video because oftentimes they join on video and they've yet to really try it. And then when they get those wheels turning, they're like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Or, Oh, my video just got 2000 views and a client. Like I can do this. Totally. So <laughs> totally. just try it. A client who fought posting anything for like three years, I think she said prior to working with me. And then she said like okay I'm gonna do it she got them ready and then the next week she was like oh my gosh I love Instagram and I'm like oh do you now <laughs> yeah welcome welcome to the club just the try it like you're not gonna break anything it's it's okay to have fun and play with it but you know I get in my own way too sometimes I think we all can yeah. once in a while but the community I'm sure is a big help so yeah for sure. Check it out if you're interested. And again, everything's in the show notes. Elise, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you are, it's your evening time. It's my 
early morning time and you made this work. I appreciate you and I'm glad we are now connected. Um, I wish you all the best with your baby and I hope you just soak in all the snuggles. I can't wait to see updates and pictures and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah, we will. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. See you next time.